Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Zach. This is Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something cool, but... <laughs> nothing, nothing came out. I was and, like, uh... This is this is a book club episode. We're, we're talking about uh, my choice. Um, yes. This time it is uh, Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End from 1953. Um, yeah. It's it's one of those good old sci-fi books where where they, they moved quickly. They wanted to get across their point and then move on to the next. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's because Clark is is not a warmonger like uh uh heinlein or mm-hmm. de camp yeah oh, warmonger is a bit strong he's yeah. he's not he's not interested in the military doing things he's interested in like People's what is humanity's place in the greater cosmos right yeah because it's interesting for like a alien invasion you would think it would be more like a violent sort of invasion but this is more of a exactly peaceful yeah this is a uh, a peaceful alien invasion of earth um and it it covers you know the initial invasion and uh decades of utopian rule um Mm -hmm. yeah and it it covers the topics of human identity and culture, uh, which mm-hmm. we'll get to. The um, apparently this was Clark, uh, Clark's favorite one of his his books that he he wrote over the course of his career. Um, oh, he okay. said he was inspired by because uh, he was in the the military. He, he's an English author. Um, he was inspired by the barrier balloons that the English would fly over London uh, in World War Two to to at night to keep the Luftwaffe from bo- dropping bombs over their cities, they would put up these giant barrier balloons that would cause planes to crash into them because they would just blend into the night sky. Oh, I but when you're setting that. them up during the huh. day or the next day, when you're taking them down, they're these massive structures that are, that are just up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the book itself, it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were, originally plans to release it as a um abridged uh like novella series like like because well like it was only about like 200 page yeah like and i don't know if he had plans to submit it to like magazines for like here's part one here's part two here's part three because Hmm. that that was kind of a standard practice at the time yeah um but the book itself is is separated into three sections um yeah and i mean the, the book itself was fairly easy to find like it yeah was fairly cheap yeah. oh yeah like my copy i picked up my copy for i think like 20 cents in a book nook yeah <laughs> um, huh. it's they're everywhere um mm-hmm. and it, it, i guess first off have you ever read this before i have not this was a first gotcha. time reading it so this is actually the first time I've read anything from Arthur Clarke, so. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, yeah no, I um well, I'm glad I could share that with you. This is I read this. This was one of the books that was in my dad's like footlocker full of, <laughs> of old paperbacks from yeah. when he was a kid. Like I have I have copies of old sci-fi books written by Lester Del Rey in the the uh I think Runaway Robot is 51. 
Um, I, I don't read it um, because the, the it's it's old. It's it's an old sci-fi book. But yeah, yeah, no, like it. it I read this uh, when I was a kid, and it's funny the the two other times I've read it, like it's I've happened to read it in a point in my life where it's like, oh, this has new meaning now this is yeah. kind of scary and not uplifting anymore <laughs> uh. um but i guess so the the first section is uh called earth and the overlords yeah. um and stop me because i know that there are different versions of this whether it's the british or the the american version mm-hmm. um so stop me if there is something that i am getting horribly wrong <laughs> okay i mean or it differs with the uh united states and the soviet union right yes About, yeah so yeah. this opens with uh yeah basically the soviets and the u.s space race um just gets stopped um alien yeah. ships just appear over over large sections of the earth um and the ships announce from a disembodied voice that they are taking supervision of earth to keep humans from extinction <laughs> basically yeah. to keep them from gotta killing save yourself other. yeah gotta save yeah. you from yourself yeah, yeah. Uh, so so they they only involve themselves on earth uh twice as far as we're aware of in this mm-hmm. section um one is in south africa where yeah. they they just end apartheid they're like nope that's nope. not happening anymore um and then the uh in spain uh in my notes spain they, they stop bullfighting there yeah um, because of like images of a demon and stuff like that uh not yet oh, no no oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not quite yet yeah. so in the first in yeah in this first section um it, it follows one of the um uh I guess ambassadors from the, the UN to the supervisor of earth named Caroline. Um, and he, you know, informs the secretary general of the UN that the overlords, uh, one of the things they're, they're going to reveal themselves in 50 years. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They have to, they have to wait for 50 years and there's a lot of confusion about it. Um, humanity has, the need to to get past um old prejudices and, and things like that um and get used to the overlord's presence right mm-hmm. yeah um now the ambassador who keeps going up and down to to visit the the uh the overlord sneaks a peek and yeah, that's, that's when that's, they see yeah that's that's when the section ends like there's no more talk of like he he gets a glimpse of of what these overlords are mm-hmm. um the next section is and and the first one's fairly short like it's it's only a handful of pages because there, there's not a whole like it's just setting up the premise basically um then you have the golden age um just to quickly summarize uh basically humans um lose uh, they, they they trade their creativity and uniqueness for utopia basically mm-hmm. um their society everywhere is prosperous um but no one is very creative like there's no content being created being made, in, in yeah. this this new age um when the overlords finally do relieve themselves um they look like demons yeah like they're 12 right. feet tall they they look like you know picture what the 
you know the devil looks like from a 50s yeah, yeah, cartoon yeah, yeah. that's that's what they look like but they're 12 i got tall. the uh the demon from um uh the pick up destiny kind of yeah vibe. yeah no exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah that that's 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 how they're described like down to to the the goatee and everything yeah um i mean that was dave grohl right yes and yeah that, that was yeah. dave grohl but um <laughs> Yeah, no. The, so the the, intri- the the aliens um, just kind of freely mingle with society in this section yeah. because this is fifty years later, um, like to the point where there's like an academic throwing a house party, um, and like this couple just stumbles into an overlord like <laughs> it, like Oops. reading books and his <laughs> in, in a room uh, in the house. But they um, they're they're mainly interested in things like psychic research. Um, mm-hmm. human like boards and shit like that yeah like weird weird occult they they paint it as having an interest in religion but really like if you if you sum it all up it's an interest in like esotericism and the occult because mm-hmm. like there's latent psychic science behind it yeah um like astrophysics yeah and and uh you know then one one of the uh humans stows away on one of the ships as it's going back for refueling to the overlord homeworld <clears throat> and travels over the course of a few weeks uh 40 life year light years to the home planet mm-hmm. um just to see what's up <laughs> yeah just see what's happening <laughs> you know? in their place um and then the last and largest and in my opinion scariest section of the book yeah is called the last generation mm-hmm. um so this is a hundred ish years after the initial arrival uh human children around the world uh, first in pairs and then more and more and more start developing psychic powers mm-hmm. carolan who is still alive reveals the overlord's true purpose um they serve what they refer to as the Overmind, which is a vast cosmic intelligence made up of ancient civilizations who no longer require physical form. Yeah, so think of the Borg. Yeah, kind of. Like my in my head, like maybe it's just like my being like reading it and knowing it's like 1950s sci-fi stuff. I imagine them basically just being this giant brain out in space. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, giant brain works too. Um, just kind of floating out there, but that's even still a physical form. Like this, this is just like uh, basically a hive mind. It's yeah. a singularity of purpose. Um, the the overlords, for whatever reason, um. It turns out they're an evolutionary cul-de-sac, and so they can't join with the Overmind. So they kind of act as stewards to bring civilizations to a period of enlightenment so that they can deliver these these uh, yes. civilizations to the Overmind. Yeah. <laughs> they give them the enlightenment to join it, which is a really interesting turn for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like... It's it's like the, you know, on a long enough scale, lawful good becomes lawful evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you go down a certain road, because like they're what they're doing ultimately is good, but like they're they're destroying civilizations. Yeah, I mean, is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> so it, basically on Earth, it 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 alternates between different 
periods of, of time in different places, but, but there's no more children being born on earth. Um, and then yeah. parents are either, they either just spontaneously die or they, they're, they're, it, it's implied heavily, if not outright said that their kids, like, even if they're babies will communicate with them until they suicide themselves. Um, and it's a way of making sure that humanity evolves and sheds off like old thinking. Right. Yeah. Um, the guy that, that goes to the overlord home planet comes back and it's 80 years later. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's, he's the last individual man on earth. Um, humanity has become a singularity where, uh, you know, the human um it it's like it it's all kind of become one one being basically um so in like it's referred to as the human (laughs) um the human uh, makes too many alterations to the surface of the moon and the planet because at this point they've developed like psychic powers that that can change the orbit of the moon they can change the landscape like it doesn't even look like earth anymore is is one of the things even one of the um cities like destroy themselves with like a bomb or something yeah yeah okay yeah it's it's yeah it's it's strange um well yeah like they they do all this and you know like the so it's funny the the overlords come and keep humanity from destroying itself but that it kind of destroys humanity and it does like, because they they you know brought back this last this last man on earth yeah. and the human has made too many changes that the overlords are like hey um we we probably need to take you somewhere safe right yeah <laughs> right because you're going to die if you stay here um but because it's 50 sci-fi and this is a very science-minded individual like like he realizes he's the last uh type of like first type of human basically mm-hmm. and he volunteers to stay and watch the destruction of earth because the overlords can't like watch as something melds with the overmind like they just can't stand around and watch it's i i think like an allegory for like forbidden knowledge obviously um but he wants to stay and watch the destruction of earth and he will transmit his observations to the overlords um they they finally um answer all along he's been asking this question about what their their trauma with humans was because of the the folkloric fear that's just kind of built in Mm -hmm. to the planet and this is the part that got me this time when i was reading to him reading reading through this book is that they correct him when he goes he goes you you guys must have come like earlier and like that's why that's why people like have have this image of what devils are right yeah yeah and the thing that creeps me out and made like my skin crawl this time is when they correct him and they go no 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 that's it it wasn't a memory it's a premonition of our arrival it's like it was the 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 um the what is it that 
the philosophical idea the the undermined the societal undermined yeah has a premonition of their arrival and their role in turning humanity into a singularity yeah which is real creepy which is real like it creeped me out so much because i think i was reading it at like one or two in the morning a few weeks ago and i was just like by myself in the living room and i was like oh god oh Oh, no (laughs) oh god i'm gonna go to bed like this is getting trippy um but yeah no like it it was an interesting thing reading it again to pick up on this thing where where, i don't know where i missed it before but yeah like this time it 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 really struck a chord where it's like yeah oh no that's a line like no no this is a premonition this this is not a memory this is a premonition yeah um and you know that he chronicles what he sees as humanity joins with the overmind um he you know doesn't fear any fear anymore he feels uh elation as the earth mm. evaporates yes. and it, the book ends with caroline yeah, saluting later. the human species ah saying good work humans good good work you've you have ascended to the next stage of evolution evolution on to the next planet to murder on to the next planet to merge to our giant brain yeah borg yeah and and you know the cube honestly Mm -hmm. like part of me would really love to see this adapted to like like a prestige show like like a like an amazon or a netflix or something like that but then part mm-hmm. of me is like no like rereading this it's like this to me this is one of those stories that it's like i feel like the scope of this is too big for them to because like, like you it's a yeah. simple book it but is. there's so much stuff they have to do that's better translated in book form that it's like okay well how do you yeah how would you do that? I mean, how, because, how do you translate this and still maintain the like gut churning? Yeah, the creep factor. <laughs> yeah, because you would have to, even though it's a fairly short book and everything like that, you would have to cut out a lot. Yeah, and you know, it was kind of the just ambiance, and then like the time jump and everything like that, just kind of yeah. that creepy factor that I think you would lose a lot in you know film yeah yeah absolutely because yeah. i enjoyed this book i i really did um yeah so this it, was your first time reading it what yeah. what was your experience like reading this um i i really enjoyed it uh like i said you know you get a lot of these um alien invasions and they're usually you know violent this was more yeah it's like we've got to fight back or whatnot yeah yeah, yeah where these are people who are like oh you know they come in peace or they come as like these peacekeepers that are um de-escalating a lot of these particular events and stuff like that and then eventually they get accepted into society you know truthfully i find this more plausible than the other like alien invasion sort of books and stuff like that i could see this being more of a thing because it kind of like you know harps back to you know i think of um um star trek when you know we get chosen to join the federation where um i believe it's the vulcans who decide to like give us the the means for faster than light travel yes 
Yeah. So where it's like these particular beings that are coming out and, you know, spreading their wisdom. But what happens if the Vulcans had like, I wouldn't say ulterior motives, but were serving some power or something greater than themselves. Oh, I absolutely would say ulterior motives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's kind of interesting with like, because again, when you get a lot of these like sci-fi books, you get a lot of like technological like advances and stuff like that, like kind of yeah. techno babble. But this was more on the kin of like, I would say more of like, um, not spiritual, but like kind of um, psychic sort of feelings. Where there was that um, astro psychologist as well as the um, oceanographer, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. Like everyone, because they don't need to work in it. Like people just kind of develop into this like science based society. Yeah, but like they weren't throwing these like these not MacGuffins, but like these like techno babble term of like oh this. This person decided to build a a machine that could talk to the dead. It's like, no, they did more of like a spiritual sort of like clairvoyance yeah. or like uh, psychic kinetic powers and things along those lines where it became more of a, a mental um, development than a technological development. Right. Which was kind of see cool to see. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, just becoming like one with like, would, would you be okay with that? If there was like this greater being that was like, you can become greater than what you were. Greater than the sum are. of the parts. Yeah. Yeah. If you could be a, a part of me, but you lose like your identity, not identity, but like your physical body. I mean, if it's the if it's the rest of everyone of my type in the universe, then yeah. I mean, what choice do I have but to do that? I mean, you have choice. You have free will. I don't know, man. I feel like I'd be one of those parents who's either killed or suicided because, suicide. like that. That's just like giving giving up the boundaries of your like personhood. Yeah, like that's a big. That's ask. a lot. That's a big ask. Yeah, that, that I. Is, I I don't think I could do it either. I don't think I could give up my myself. See, for... this is why they have to wait a hundred years before yeah. they can do it. It's people like us. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it's probably a common a common feel. I don't yeah. think many people would be like, Oh yeah, yeah, I would uh I would definitely give myself into the greater greater being to be like a part of this like all knowing entity sort of deal. Yeah. I think it takes, you know, uh, it takes a lot of thought and be like, mm, should I do this? Am I should I take the this? next step in evolution or yeah. do I want to be who I am? Yeah, because boy, do I like being who I am where I get to like do my own thing, have my own thoughts. Yeah, just like, like instead of like having everybody vote like <laughs> or just being like. Yeah, I mean, the, um... I mean, 
technically, isn't that what the internet is? We, yeah, but I mean, the internet is not hive like, mind. The internet is not real. Like, oh, it's not real. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, internet. I know it's real. You, you know what I mean. It's, it's not. Um, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the same thing as like the boundaries of being a person, you know, because yeah. you can always log off of the internet. Yeah, yeah, you can touch grass. Yeah, yeah, go outside, and touch grass. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that reference? Uh, I don't know what the reference. I know what it, the the general thought is communicating, but I, I I don't know the reference. No. Uh, reference is actually from um, Apex. Apex Legends. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a, it's a. Is it the AI character that tells you to go touch grass? No, no, it's um, it's a tracker. He has a a stance where he touches grass, where he like actually like moves his hand to like touch grass and everything along those lines. So people have adapted that to just like just touch grass. Sounds like you need to touch some grass. Apex being a part of the um, I guess the social meet the social uh <laughs> conversation yeah. yeah yeah but yeah yeah i think um i don't think i would be a part of of that i feel like no. it would probably be something um difficult for me to you know accept yeah yeah oh well, I'm see. I'm I'm looking online now, and this was most recently adapted in 2015 by the Sci-Fi Channel, which doesn't have no. good thoughts. Yeah, it's a three-part miniseries, so I, I'm guessing they. Yeah, it looks like the episodes are split into the Overlords, the Deceivers, and the Children. Well, there you go. It's a thing. It's a thing. Congratulations. Yeah. I don't know. Don't I don't sound know if so excited. I don't know if I'll watch it or not. Well, I mean, it's, so it's got good actors in it. It's got Cole Meany in there. Yeah. Um, oh, not bad. And then it's got Charles Dance, uh, who was um, Big Daddy Lannister on, uh, I forget his name, um, Tyrell Lannister? Mm. Um, Big Daddy Lannister in Game of Thrones. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, maybe I'll see if the library has this or something. But, yeah, no, that's yeah. not really anything that I want to need. We, that we need to include in the coverage of this. But, like, yeah, like, I reading this, um, for the fourth, probably fourth time, um, yeah, yeah like I said, the, the, the creep factor of humanity ascending and, um, the you know just the humanity wide premonition of something coming just freaked me out yeah for whatever reason i could understand Um, that everything else like i i really recommend this book i like it it's it's probably one of my like if someone wants to know because like arthur c clark also wrote the you know 2001 a space odyssey mm-hmm. which is also good it's also very it. it well it's very weirdly written because yeah. it's yeah that, it's that it's is... also about ascendance and evolution 
that was something <laughs> that I did um, notice was like this was fairly easy to read. It wasn't like too um, um, obtuse. Yeah, no, it's it's upfront and it's very simple to read. Yeah, um, you know, some of the sentences are a little bit archaic, but not not to the point that it's distracting and you're just like, I have no idea what this person's saying. Yeah, right I've got to look this up. <laughs> But yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was an interesting take, a take that I have not read before. So, so I really enjoyed it. Well, good, good. I'm glad that, that I could bring something that, that, uh, was good. Did, did it creep you out or, or squick you it out? Any? I mean, it definitely gave that whole creepy factor, especially with like a lot of like the description, um, a lot of the descriptions were really well done. I, yeah. um, I feel like um, Arthur did like a good job in in sort of setting the mood as well as like setting particular, I guess, creature designs or alien designs and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, even like because it's it definitely has that like I notice a lot of the older authors like leave a lot to the imagination where they have a descriptor but like they don't go into like super detail like yeah. nothing like token or anything along those lines so right. let your imagination kind of fill in some of the holes right to right. add that like even more creepier sort of factor because nothing's creepier than your own imagination yeah exactly like, <laughs> you know what i'm scared of versus what you're scared of is going to be different but if somebody can kind of like loosely describe something where you end up filling in the holes with more creepier things to you then that's going to make you like even more scared and i think a good author can do that and and i think that our author i want to say author but arthur does that in this book yeah yeah i mean he's he's really very very good at it um the whole you know setting sci-fi yeah. setting the tone mm -hmm. um he's he's kind of like ray bradbury to me in that he's like he knows what he's trying to get across and he does it in the most direct simplest way possible like yeah and it's like that to me almost takes more skill than being verbose yeah, you know, like, descriptive. like he has to know exactly what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, because again, you have to like select the correct language where people know what you're talking about, but you have that vagueness where people can fill in their perception of what is scary. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I think um, I think it does it. Um, I think he's well mastered at that. So, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, for anyone who's interested in other Clark stuff, like all of his stuff is, you know, like I said, in in World War Two, he served with the the RAF, um, and so he, I, I want to say, he was on the team that sent the first satellite into space. Oh, cool. Um, I didn't know that. But but yeah, like all of his stuff is about uh, basically futurism um, and and space travel and where those two things intersect. 
Yeah, I mean, um, it, it sounds like he's very well, you know, versed in this particular. Um, yeah, this type of sci-fi too. Yeah, like it's it's all always focused on the good aspects of humanity and um, evolution things like that it's not like you know starship troopers yeah <laughs> not Golden to keep loves. riffing on shoot 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 not to keep riffing on highland but highland is has does have a very specific view yeah uh, whereas clark is like the exact opposite yeah um but yeah got no serving got serving your military so you can get a right to vote yeah yeah which is hilarious to me because it's like yeah i mean arthur c clark also sir he was in special forces <laughs> and he oh. still came out not wanting to murder everyone yeah <laughs> not wanting to have that sort of like mental scarring on him yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah uh would you or I, I guess um what is your your uh rating for this book give it a solid b um b okay yeah again i would recommend this i i don't think i'd put it on the top burner i do think that it um you know it is a little dated in some of its language um yes it is I, well i mean it's from 53 yeah too. yeah so you can't really hold it to that um i do think it's a quick read with it being only like 200 pages and everything along those lines. Oh, and, yeah. And with it only being broken up into three sections, and it it makes it feel even faster. It's not Oh, like, yeah, you can get through this book in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. I was on a camping trip, and I actually got through it in a couple of days just because I had... You know, when you're all camping, you just uh, you sit by the fire and you read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I um, it it definitely had that creepy factor and everything along those lines. So I think it's it's a solid book. I don't yeah. think it it changed my life in any sort of particular way. So I'm not giving it an A, but but again, I think it's it's a solid book, and I, it's something that I would recommend to somebody. Gotcha. What about you? uh so i honestly i gave it an a plus <laughs> oh, okay all right <laughs> yeah no i so highly recommend that people feel like this you feel um, like it was life-changing yeah i mean it definitely because i've i've read this multiple times at different points in my life and i've mm -hmm. always had a different feeling like like no that's that's fantastic it's yeah. I, I always get a different feeling coming away from it depending on where I'm at, what my headspace is, all, all that stuff. Um, it's also a really good entry point into some of this. Um, if people are interested in sci-fi but don't want to read the like military sci-fi, which is predominantly what is out there. Yeah. Um, this is, is a good a place to start because he, you know, he has a handful of other series. He has the 2001 series um and then rendezvous with rama and they're they're all like addressing this idea of like okay humanity could very well interact with a um space-faring alien yeah. society what that does that is not like? aggressive yeah yeah because if they're you know i i, I think um 
he was of the the mind of like yeah if something is science minded enough to leave their solar system then why would why would they send warriors first yeah they would um, send you know explorers and peacekeepers right yeah so so he writes from that kind of angle um and you know i feel like this is a pretty good idea of like if you don't like this book you probably will not like anything else he writes but Mm -hmm. this is a way to not sink 450 pages in to find out (laughs) i have to i'll have to give this a reread um and um i've never read it back to back to back you may want to like put it on snooze for like five years and then come back to it But you know, yeah. you could definitely, definitely see me rereading this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, our kind of on a on a similar sci-fi kick. Uh, our next book coming up is one of your picks, and that yeah. pick is uh, Douglas Adams' nineteen seventy nine novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ooh, yeah, that should be fun. Um, we. Sh- are we going to talk about the movie? Um, so it's a movie free game on that uh, episode. I would we... say we can talk about all of the media because okay. I've, I mean, I've seen the movie, I've uh, seen so the we'll movie probably well. talk about that a little bit. I have on DVD a, I think it's like a six episode BBC series from the early eighties where they adapted. Oh, I didn't know it was a series. Yeah. Oh. Well, so, so have, so just spoiler alert for people, um, the the book itself, uh, it, it, it is a novel. It it's, is? It's, it's yeah, also so, a series, yeah. Yeah, so so Douglas Adams wrote it originally as a, uh, a radio play. So it was like a six-episode radio play, and then he... Ah, it, which I did Neil, that. Neil Gaiman did the same thing with, um, uh, I think it was Neverwhere, Neverwhere. where... Mm-hmm. He wrote a radio play for BBC Four or whatever. Um, and then there was enough response to it that he was like, oh, well, I'll just narrativize this and turn it into a book. Turn it into a book. Yeah. And then sell why the not? book because, yeah. yeah, why not? Because money. <laughs> because, yeah, money. you can see what's popular based yeah. on whether people respond to it. So, yeah, I have it's it's a um, adaptation of the radio play, but it's it's uh, like acted out and and video like it was meant for television from I bbc did not know that. Huh. yeah yeah it's um i loved it as a kid the graphics are not good because it's bbc in like 1981 or like oh yeah <laughs> so it's got that doctor who graphics it's got yeah it's got real like seventh doctor vibes yeah <laughs> well i'm looking forward to it uh, this was um a book that i've reread multiple times I've actually, yeah. I've read it twice and I've listened to it on audiobook um, once. So, so yeah, this was uh, one of the books I had read very early in my childhood. So, yeah, it made an impression. And, you know, which is funny that when you when you suggested bringing this, because I was just like, oh, this is another one of those books that I got from my dad's footlocker when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So so early spoilers on that. I um yeah, no, like this the the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So but but it's interesting just to talk about the themes. There's a lot of themes in it and everything along those lines. Yeah. And yeah. 
it'll be interesting just kind of going through and seeing exactly what parts we enjoyed and what parts we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we'll talk about that next time, and uh, we will see you later. See you on the flip-flop. On the flippity-flop. <laughs> flippity-flop. Flippity-flop. Sunny-side up. I like them pancakes. <laughs> pancakes! <laughs> you remember that movie? Yes, you remember Cabin that movie? Fever. Do yeah. you, you know that that movie was remade? Oh, because, was it? No, yeah, I didn't. Because oh, a movie that God. came out in 2001 needed to be remade. <laughs> it came out in 2001? Uh, I, oh, I'm my pretty gosh. sure I saw that when I was in high school. Let me make... I, uh, that's me all see. I remember is that little kid yelling out pancakes and doing, like, martial art moves. That's it. That's that's all I remember. Yeah, uh, I mean, oh, oh two, oh two. So yeah, uh, no, that, that would have been. Yeah, I was in high I, school. I wonder if the remake was any good. Um, probably not. I mean, I mean that movie wasn't good. Yeah, uh, they remade it in 2016. I don't know why a movie made 14 years earlier needs a remake, but I mean, hopefully they got the pancake kid. <laughs> 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 Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>